0: Hello, mamas, and welcome back to episode two in our Own Your Birth podcast series. Today, we are talking all about birthing positions. Strap in, you're really going to like this one. Enjoy. Hey, mama, I'm
1: sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take
0: some time for. With Laura. Hello Mummers and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. This is the Own Your Birth series, which I think speaks for itself. It is all about taking ownership, taking responsibility for your birth, making sure you're equipped with all of the knowledge and confidence and education that you need to really own your birth. So, today's episode is all about birthing positions. Now, this is episode two in a four part series. Go and check out episode one when you can. We talk all about how to transfer to the hospital well. Now, given that majority of women are giving birth in a hospital these days, that is a really important thing to know. It's about preparing for it, planning for it, making sure you've crossed all bases so that you don't have to stress about it and think about it on the day because I know it can be a point of anxiety for a lot of women. So in your own time, go and check that out. But today we are talking all about birthing positions, which... I personally am super fascinated about. So Eleanor Lambert, who you can find on Instagram at eleanor.lambert.doula, as you should know from episode one, is our resident women's health physio and doula. She is a duo, a combination of the two, so she packs an absolute punch when it comes to knowing about birth from so many different aspects. She is a powerhouse. And today we talk all about birthing positions. So we talk about what the best or most ideal birthing position is, which may surprise you. <laughs> we also talk about all of the different ways that women can give birth. So Eleanor, she's been to many a birth and she walks through all of the different ways she's seen women give birth. We've also talked about positions to protect the pelvic floor because I do get a lot of women ask me, how do I look after my pelvic floor if I've had a prolapse, episiotomy, perineal tear? What can I do differently? What positions are better for my pelvic floor so that I don't stretch that area? So we go into a lot of well, not not stretch because obviously it's going to stretch, but so we don't overload that area. So we do talk about protective positions for the pelvic floor, which I know I get asked about a lot. So you're going to love this episode and I would love, I would so love because I find this so fascinating. Once you've listened to this episode and you if you've already given birth, please jump over to my socials at Laura, and I want to know what position you gave birth in because this is so fascinating to me. So me personally, as I share in the podcast, I gave birth on my knees, in a pool, kind of bearing down, not on all fours, just kind of leaning over the berth pool. And that, that was just instinctively the most comfortable, best position for me. Um, and I like how Eleanor describes in the podcast that Birth is a dance between woman and baby, mother and baby. And so you are instinctively going to move your body in different ways because it is a dance between your pelvis and baby's head trying to manipulate so that you can get that baby to come down the birth canal. So it's just this beautiful dance, this change in positions, listening to your body, being in tune with your body, being able to move in response to what your body's telling you. So I share a little bit about the different positions I moved in during my labor and ultimately gave birth on my knees like I just described then. So please come and tell me I'm such a birth junkie. I want to know exactly what position you were in and how that felt for you because there's so many weird and wonderful ways and I love hearing about it. So jump on over and this entire series don't forget these all four episodes All of them, the next two coming up are about inductions and C-sections and making them epic as well as birth trauma. That's going to be our fourth series. Now, if you want to listen to these entire podcast series all at once, I pre-upload them inside my Pregnancy Posse membership. So, Along with, obviously, all the amazing weekly workouts that we do in there, pelvic floor exercises, information on managing pelvic pain, preparing for birth. So if you're someone who really is into birth, you need to jump into The Posse because I have so many birth resources in there, mindset, physical prep. I have my entire active birth class in there. There's a wealth of knowledge. I do encourage you, if that sounds appealing, to jump on over to thepregnancyposse.com. You can trial it for seven days. You can see this entire series plus all the bonus content Eleanor has given us, which is a video showing all of the different birthing positions. So if you're listening to this episode and you think, oh, I want to see this because I can hear what she's saying, but I actually want to visualize it. That is a bonus video for all Pregnancy Posse members. So you'll find that inside the podcast series, if you are a member. So jump on over to thatpregnancyposse.com to check it out. But without further ado, let's jump into this chat with Eleanor talking about all the weird and wonderful ways that women give birth. Enjoy. Let's talk birthing positions. So yeah, I get asked this a lot as well, like what Laura is the ideal position to give birth in? And I would say what I would have said five years ago to what I would say now, are very different things. I guess yeah. five years ago, I would have said what the literature said. And nowadays I probably am a little bit more tailored to the individual, but yep. I won't put my two bob's worth in just yet. i would so <laughs> What's your take on birthing positions? So could you maybe share with us what the literature does say around yep. the, quote, unquote, most ideal birthing positions and why that is?
1: Yeah. So literature in obstetrics is 10 to 15 years behind the times. Um, the obstetric model uh, was built across a number of years and it was essentially constructed on what people were doing and then it became a well we need to justify why we're doing this so in the research world um there's probably like a 10 or 15 year lag between research and things changing so i don't necessarily think too much about the literature around birthing positions and go more on the physiology and in a physiological aspect the best position to birth in is the one you feel comfortable in Yes, that's that's my take on it too. <laughs> <laughs> because I will, you know, I'll add a little bit more in a minute. There are some birthing positions that are more or less advantageous for a vaginal delivery, but you might actually get to a point in your labour where you go, all I want to do is lie on my back. And we need to remember that birth is a dance between two people it's your baby and you. So laying on your back that actually might create the best space for your baby and it might put your baby in the best position. So there are definitely positions that we say, you know, if you can avoid this position, that's good for for this or this one's really good for that. But essentially it's what you feel comfortable in. Mm -hmm. And if, because I remember during my labor, I was like, oh my God, I've got to stand up. I've got to stand up. And There's this really good position that if I put up the hospital bed, I can lean on the hospital bed and then I can stay standing and then I can be supported. And I did it and it was horrible. I remember it was horrific. I leant forward and went, nope, this is not a good idea and stood straight back up again. So there's no right or wrong way to birth. It's what feels good. The best thing is know your options so that you can play with it.
0: I agree because I don't think we see birth. So there's a whole heap of positions I show women and they're like, oh, I didn't even know to think of that because we're not seeing women birth. So we're not seeing a variety of positions. So I agree. I think it's cool to just know there's seven positions I could give birth in. So there's options to play with. Um, so tell us what does the physiology say? So what are the what you know what opens the pelvis? What is particularly more advantageous
1: than others? Anything that's not on your back. is essentially the good way to go so when you're laying on your back um history lesson laying on your back comes from a french king who liked to watch his wives and mitres- mistresses deliver vaginally so they would lay and he would sit and he would observe so That's creepy <laughs> yeah, yeah laying on your back to have your baby is you know kind of started with a bit of a sexual fetish um, Then it became more of a thing because that's how royals birthed. So then people were like, oh, well, if the queen lays down to birth, then I shall. And then it became a fact that it's easier for a doctor to view and assist um, and manage a birth when you're laying on your back. Yes. Physiologically, you are splinting your tailbone. If your tailbone can't move out of the way, you're potentially limiting your pelvic outlet if you can even roll onto your side and your coccyx can move out of the way you are allowing up to a 30 percent increase in your pelvic outlet space mm. so physiologically we want your pelvis to be able to move because your baby descending through the pelvis is not just an in and out. When you've got your pelvic inlet, um, it's widest side to side and your pelvic outlet is widest front to back. So your baby actually enters looking at one of your hips Mm -hmm. and exits for the most part, looking down towards your tailbone. So there's a lot of twisting and turning and, you know, your pelvic floor gets involved in that. And, you know, as you know, like pelvic floor tension, we need enough tension to assist with the cardinal movements but we don't want too much tension it can slow down second stage of labor but also no tension can also slow down second stage of labor so it's really just I'm just going to let
0: everyone know Eleanor's just showing a pelvis at the moment so if you do want to see the video this will be inside the Pregnancy Posse for all members to watch the the video so that you can she's gonna she's explaining it really well but just in case you want to see the visual of it um for members it
1: is inside the posse so carry on it's a it's a tiny pelvis I love it um but I need to get a tiny baby to fit in my tiny pelvis and then it will be a lot better
0: okay.
1: um yeah so it's it's the fact that labor isn't a stagnant process it's not baby in baby out it's baby in twist turn head down head up shoulder move all that kind of stuff so positions where you can intuitively react to that change in in movement are ideal so you might find for you that that's laying on your side you might find that that's standing or squatting or lunging it's really listen to what feels good Hmm. Um, in terms of pelvic inlet Um, we can, in pelvic outlet, we can talk about Kiko. So knees in, calves out. I can't lift in order. My tendon's too short on my fingers. So I get all weird. Um, (laughs) but Kiko knees in, calves out. When you have your knees in and your calves out, it opens your pelvic outlet and the opposite kind of opens your pelvic inlet. So, um, if you're wanting to increase the space within your pelvic inlet, you want knees out, ankles in. So that might be that you rest on the side with a peanut ball between your knees, or it might be sitting on birthing balls um, and just allowing gravity to help bub to enter into the pelvis. And then for pelvic outlet, um, it's that Kiko, so knees in, calves out, and that just works on the position of the femurs and the pelvis to increase that pelvic outlet. But again, there's there's no real if you birth like this, you're doing it wrong kind of concept because um, Rachel Reed talks a lot about how women move instinctively to assist the dance of their baby through their pelvis and Mm. it's really just making sure that you're in a position to react to that intuition and you create that birth environment where you're not strapped to the bed or you don't think I have to lay on my back or I have to lay on my side or I have to squat like there's no obligation in birth. You don't have to do anything. Yes. You move how you want because generally you're going to move with the intuition of your baby moving through your pelvis.
0: Okay. So what would your advice be for those women who are strapped to a monitor or yep. have an epidural or some sort of drip, drain, something tying them to the bed in yep. some shape or form? Obviously, there's still things they can do within their power to be able to move positions. So they don't just have to be on their back. But what's the go? What's your advice to them to to do that?
1: Yeah, the biggest thing I think is communication. So a lot of the time, it's a pretty familiar story that someone will say, oh, the nurse came in and said that they wanted to monitor me and I popped the monitors on, but I lay on the bed um, and then she left the room and I wasn't sure what I was allowed to do. So I think the the big thing is communicate, ask the question. If someone says, oh, we'd like to do this or we'd like to monitor that, say, cool, can I get up after 10 minutes? Or do I have to stay here? Or how long do I, do you want me to lie here? Clarify it, just get the information. Um, Most of the time, if they're doing a CTG, so they're doing that continuous monitoring, does it have to be continuous? Could it be intermittent? Can you put the belts on and take the belts off? Um, Could you use a handheld Doppler? If you're using a handheld Doppler, you're even more able to move around because you don't have the two straps and you don't have the two transducers. Um, Things like, is continuous monitoring necessary or is intermittent monitoring feasible object depending on why you might be having the monitoring you know if you're being induced why you're being induced etc and then but it's really just having that clarification with the midwife or the staff and going what kind of time do you want me in this position can i get up can i move around um a lot of private hospitals and some public hospitals now have wireless and waterproof transducers for the ctg so you can get into the shower you can still get in the bath You can walk around the room. You can go to the toilet. You're not connected by wires to a machine. So that's also something to consider. If you really know that you want active movement during your labor, talk to the birth team during your antenatal appointments and say, if it's a possibility, I'd like a wireless and waterproof transducers. And they might go, oh, we can't do that. And you go, sweet. Well, I'll be having intermittent monitoring then. And if you can't intermittently monitor me, then follow me around with a Doppler.
0: Well, you know what? I know... For some women, and for me of a couple of years ago, I would have heard that and been like, oh, yeah, you're so inconvenient. Like what a- Yes, you are. (laughs) And now I've come to realize, like for the women listening to this being like, oh God, I would never say that. What a pain in the butt. You know, let them do their job. No, like that is a conversation you can have, but you don't have to say, oh, yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full Sir, You can say, no, it's really important to me from what I understand and what I've read and what I've listened to that I want to move. I want to be active. Yep. I don't want to be confined to a bed. So how can we make this work? Cause chances are, yeah. maybe you don't get the exact thing that you're after, but maybe you find a really sweet middle ground where mm. you keep getting continuous monitoring, but you're upright leaning over the bed, yes. whatever the situation yep. is, but it doesn't have to look like this just because you're told, you know, I think there yeah. should be a real collaboration with your birth team where everyone's needs get met they feel your safety is you know paramount but you also get to feel like your birth on your terms is really important as well I think that's really important to know so I love that you said that because a lot of women wouldn't dare say that or question that or think to even think they're quote-unquote allowed to do these things but yeah I think it's really important to know that you are and that it's just about communication really healthy communication with the people that you're working with to have an amazing birth experience for everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I think be inconvenient. Be the squeaky wheel. Be the bossy cow. Like I don't I don't care if if my birth experience I end up having the birth experience I want and someone thinks I'm a bit of a that's fine. As long as it doesn't impact my my care, then what's what's the preference? And that's, you know, I worked in the hospital system as a ward-based physiotherapist for nearly six years. So I'm, I'm personally very comfortable in a hospital environment. I know that's not the case for a lot of people, but the other thing is they're not always going to think to tell you of the option.
0: Correct.
1: They're busy. They're really busy. They're busy yeah. and that's a fault of funding, but we won't get into that. Um, it, it is that like, they'll say to you, I need to monitor you X. They might not, realize that they haven't told you that you could that you can get up off the bed after 10 minutes. Yeah. And yes. I think it it is it's owning that it's it's a relationship between you and the provider that the OB or the midwife or whoever it's yes, they're going to tell you things, but yes, you can also ask things or request things or state things. And I don't even think we need you you don't necessarily even need to walk in and go, based on what I've read, I want an active birth. You just say, I want to move. Yeah. yeah exactly. I want to move. Sounds- and if I have an epidural, yeah. if I have an epidural, I want to be supported into a squat, or I want to be supported onto hands and knees. And if I've got drips and drains, please get me the IV pole without the squeaky wheel. Or mm-hmm. do you have any WDF40 that I can squeeze into it so it can work properly? Yeah. Give your partner the IV pole, and it's their job when you're walking around the room to to move the IV pole with all the things that you're attached to. Mm-hmm take ownership of it because you are allowed to have an opinion and you're allowed to make requests and and allowed is such a word to use in birth because it's your body it's your baby it's your experience allowed is the bare minimum yes exactly but let's have that and especially if you walk in and you say to the to your midwife if I end up having an epidural today, I want to be in active support positions. Talk to your partner and say, hey, if I end up having an epidural, please make sure you talk to the midwife that I want to be in active birth positions. At a bare minimum, I want to be on my side. Yeah. Put so it in your birth plan. That's my next question about epidurals. So,
0: yeah. I know a lot of women um, are under the impression if they have an epidural, then you're automatically on your back um, and you're not moving from there. So when you say asking if I have an epidural to be put in an active birth position, does that mean uh, you get the epidural and then they, they physically support you to go into a different position so that you've got a more open pelvic outlet
1: and these sorts of things. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the other thing we tend to forget is that an epidural doesn't work exactly the same on everyone. So you might have an epidural and you might find that you can still move your legs and you can still have some kind of muscular control, or you might have an epidural and you're dense. Like you just have no feeling, you have no movement, you have no control. So obviously we need to consider the fact that these decisions may be dependent on what kind of epidural and how your body reacts to the medication. But absolutely, you can have an epidural and say to the, to your midwife, can you and my partner, please help me into a side-lying position, or I want to get on my hands and knees, or can I try a squat, or can I kneel with my arms over the back of the bed? Yes, it's more work. Yes, you need two people to actively assist you. You might need someone to chalk the back of your knees like you know hold your knees in position to maintain the, the the kneeling position dependent on how dense your epidural is but in most cases there's no reason why you can't opt to be off your back yes you know lay on your side get a peanut pillow whack it between your knees if you don't have a peanut pillow two or three pillows if you don't have two or three pillows your partner's arm
0: Mm, yeah.
1: there's no reason why you can't manipulate that positioning to benefit you even if you have an epidural
0: mm. and I was speaking to a girlfriend on the weekend who had a walking epidural which is yeah. those who don't know my understanding is it's like a lighter dose so that you can still yeah. move but um the sensations are dulled um yep. and that was a really perfect middle ground for her and so i think that might be hospital dependent do you know if that's yes yeah so it just depends on whether the anesthetist that or not
1: it's the anesthetist um it's their experience it's their confidence it's whether or not um hospital policy supports it um it's also depending if you're a good candidate for it as well but mm-hmm. it walking epidurals happen more elsewhere than australia but they're coming i think these people know about them more we're talking about them more we're, we're requesting them more yeah. um so they're coming a bit more into into favor i think the other important thing to say is that you can turn an epidural off mm, true um and so if you're yes you have to be mindful that once the epidural's off you will be hit with a wave of something um pain contractions etc but it's also worth discussing with your midwife you know can is it a a possibility for you to turn my epidural off once i'm fully dilated and let me labor down which they do pretty well standard with epidurals anyway Hmm. you get to fully dilated they wait and they let the muscles of your uterus push your baby closer and closer down your vaginal your your, um, birth canal your vagina so that bubs closer to your you know i don't know vaginal vaginal entrance is that the word i want to use um they're closer to the outside so that when when you actually start to push it's less effort so you can also have that discussion and go i really want this epidural because i want to sleep or because this induction is really really arduous or you know i'm feeling really anxious but i also want to talk about turning it off or turning it down yeah because epidurals are topped up Mm. It's not a one thing, it's not an injection where it's like, oh, well, you're done. They're, they're, they're maintained and topped up. So having that conversation as well is worthwhile.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important. Now, you mentioned before about how it's important that women know or are aware of like all the different positions you could potentially birth in. Yeah. Why you just rattle off just like what's on the top of your head of all the tried and tested and very unique, quirky ways that women have given birth in your care. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: So not necessarily in my care, but you know, I've watched, what. My, I've watched my fair share of birth videos. <laughs> <laughs> so you can give birth to your child standing up, squatting, lunging um, on a birth stool, on all fours, on your side, on your side with your leg up, on your side with your leg down, Hands and knees on a bed, high kneel on a bed, lying on your side, lying on your back, in a birth pool, in a shower, sitting on the toilet, squatting and standing at the same time. Endless. Love it. What position? Holding, Holding, putting your hands around your partner's neck and, you know, letting go and doing that really kind of sustained squat, holding onto ropes or towels over the door and pulling and squatting.
0: Hmm. squat
1: bars i don't know if we have squat bars in australia as much as in the states they're like a bar at the end of the bed that you can what
0: did you use for your birth
1: oh that's a whole episode in itself my birth (laughs) (laughs) i was lying on my back um i ended up uh no um was it the appropriate position to be in yes uh i had an episiotomy and forceps to deliver my daughter so it was very much a okay we need to get you on your back now um all that what was feeling primarily appropriate laying on my side
0: okay yeah interesting yeah
1: i was laying on my side primarily because i had the most i was induced and i had the most intense desire to push mm. like it you know when you have your coffee in the morning and you need to do a poo And you're like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't get there yet. And it's that you're like resisting that kind of undulation pushing down sensation. Yeah. That was me. But it was mainly because I'd been checked not too long before that. And I had was, I was at about six centimeters. So I had this horrendous desire to bear down and push, but in my brain, I was like, Oh, I can't do that. I'm not going to be dilated enough. So I was laying on my side, clenching everything from my nipples to my toes to resist the urge to push um, and I was holding onto the monkey bar of the bed and moving it away to kind of use movement to kind of Mm. breathe through those those desires to bear down
0: so interesting I love hearing women's stories like it just came to me then a friend was having twins and his mum came out I think she might have been on her back or on all fours and then the second one um i think she was on her back and they were trying to get her to deliver and she was getting threatened with emergency cesarean and she just knew in her heart of hearts that she needed to roll on the side and she just had this instinct and they yeah. were like, come on, if this doesn't happen, we're going to go to the theatre, blah, blah. And she goes, just let me lie on my side. And within like two minutes, the baby came out. And it's just yeah. like that power, that innate wisdom within us. Yeah. be able to tune in and feel that is, is so powerful. Because like you said, the best position for you to give birth in is the position your body is telling you. Yeah. But you know that there is a certain shame and stigma around those who do give birth on their back because – you know, your pelvic outlet is smaller yeah. and your obstetric lead position, blah, 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 blah. But there are some women who yeah. instinctively need to be on their back for their baby to come out for yeah. whatever reason. Maybe that yeah. just needs a slight angle or whatever it is. And so I find it so fascinating to listen to women's stories and, yeah. and hear about all these changes. And I was just thinking through my own birth story and how I, so my baby was posterior, I assume, because I had quite intense back pain and I always had preached and educated women that when you have that posterior pain like lean forward sacral counter pressure right I could not get in that position my body would not Uh, allow me I could only be bolt upright and erect during a contraction I could not move and it was frustrating me because it's like my brain was telling me no but you should do this for this But my body was like, no, 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 you have got to be dead upright right now. And that's all I could do. And obviously, it worked because baby just came down. I remember when I was getting to the pushing phase, I was in the water, I was lying on my side, kind of cycling my legs around. And just in an instant, I stood bolt upright and I started pulling, you know, that squat pulling on a tree, whatever it is, but on my husband, the poor guy.
1: no not, not, not a poor guy not a poor guy oh, at all. No, no no
0: no he
1: Yes, <laughs> but <laughs> you birthed the child
0: laura so he's no, fine so he a legend <laughs> like i will 100% pat him on the back i pulled on him i remember screaming at him because i needed him to be you know like thin vision yeah and like i am strong i am very strong yeah you labor and i'm even stronger and he was yes. like collapsing a little bit and I was like yeah. don't collapse you stand up like, <laughs> because I needed that bearing down like I imagine back in the day if I didn't have anything it would have been like a rope around a tree or something yep. to do with that pulling down and then I remember when Lucas started crowning I just dropped to my knees in the pool yep. And that was the position that felt best for me. And none of these things were from my cortical logical brain. It wasn't like, oh, I should do this. It was just this instinct to like, and I dropped into these positions. Like they just came so hard and fast. And it's just so fascinating to me to to just like be in tune with your body. And I'm sure if I had another birth, it it might be a totally different position. Like I can't assume that every Women will always birth in the same way and I just think it's so
1: interesting to oh I think it's know. amazing it's it's like I um I had a birth client recently and and she was doing a lot of protective positioning for her pelvic floor and um one of the things we talked about was you know avoiding lying on your back but if it happens to happens don't stress about it and she was laboring on her side and. And it was really good. Her midwife said, I know you don't want a birth on your back, but how about you just roll onto your back and have a rest for a minute? And she told me that she rolled onto her back and she felt her daughter's head drop and engage. And labor was like, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 minutes later and her daughter was born. And yes, there are. And that's why the thing is like, yeah, there are disadvantages of laying in certain positions, but the best message is go with what you intuit. Because your body will, and like exactly what you said, like you were up and then you were down and you weren't thinking about it. You were just responding to these intuitive urges to get into that position and do this and move over there. So yeah, it's amazing.
0: I remember my doula coming um, and she said, why don't you try straddling the toilet backwards? And I remembered that I'd listened to a lot of birth stories where women had done that. And so I was like, yeah, cool, I'll try that. I sat down and I sat straight back up. <laughs> Luca was obviously like, no, I uh, uh, do not want to be uh, in uh, this uh. position. It was the most painful two seconds of my life. Yeah. <laughs> like I am not going anywhere near that toilet. That is a horrible position.
1: <laughs> it's also incredibly intense. And I think yeah, that's so something. Incredible. Yeah, I wasn't into it. People don't really talk about is, yeah, it's effective. Mm-hmm. Because you don't resist when you're on the toilet.
0: Oh yeah, it's effective,
1: but it's intense as yeah. yeah, I ran away. I was like, I'm not ready for that. (laughs) You did well.
0: (laughs) Final thing I I want to talk about. You just mentioned it briefly before is about protecting the pelvic floor. So I get a lot of women who have had prolapse and who have had perineal tears, or or for some reason wanting to protect their pelvic floor, their perineum more so in subsequent births. And so they asked me what birth position is ideal for, you know, recovery of my pelvic floor or to make sure I don't tear again or to make sure that I don't worsen my prolapse. So what's your advice to those women who have some sort of pelvic floor dysfunction or, you know, injury in the past when it comes to birthing positions?
1: Yeah. So again, (laughs) I love that as physios so much of our answer is it depends on the person, Um, but it depends on the person. Realistically, if, you, if you've if you had, you know, perineal trauma or if you've got an existing prolapse or pelvic floor kind of issues, um, use gravity, but not too much. So I would say um, a hands and knees position or a sideline position, probably not a standing squatting position because you've got a lot of gravity coming through there. Um, using in the water, even if you can't birth in the water. Labouring with the water. So, whether that's squatting in the bath or kneeling in the bath um, or in the shower with the hose, even if you're kind of going back perineum, back perineum to use that heat to kind of help the tissues. uh, or, Or, of course, those kind of other things like using a warm compress on your perineum or even putting your own hand on your baby's head as it's crowning and kind of putting a little bit of counter pressure. The interesting thing when you look into the intuition around birthing positions and um i love rachel reed she talks a lot about the intuition around birth is that if we are allowed to um or encouraged to we tend to actually bring our knees closer together when we're crowning because it takes the tension off our perineum Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: sometimes women will birth um so they'll start laboring in a, like a in a kind of a child's pose position or a hands and knees position, but when their baby really starts crowning, they'll often come up into a kind of a, a small lunge position because it brings their knees together and it decreases the tension on the pelvic floor,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: is also why birthing in that lithotomy position, in that laying on your back position with your legs completely askew is also less ideal because you're putting a lot of tension through your perineum and you're potentially increasing the likelihood of a tear so if you have um, stirrups yeah stirrups i had stirrups
0: for um i had a tear repair after my birth it I don't know how women birth in that position. That was possibly the most uncomfortable position I've ever been put in, in my life yeah. for them to assess yeah. and even see what are we dealing with? What's going on here? And I, I remember it occurred to me, I was like, some women do give birth. And again, I'm sure for whatever reason, it can still be a fantastic experience, but just, yeah. I just remember thinking, Oh, Holy moly, this feels so unnatural
1: for me. This yeah. And you can so imagine <laughs> just from a from a soft tissue perspective yeah a lot of stretch who in the animal kingdom lies down with their legs up to push a baby out yeah it felt very unnatural for me and again like
0: no judgment if that felt no very good for someone but it just it felt very
1: artificial and weird and strange. one of the one of the less bizarre options is um instead of having your feet up in the stirrups they've got little low stirrups that still encourages the widening of the knees so mm. that if they need to drop the bed and assist the baby but your legs aren't up they're just kind of um down and away yeah if
0: okay. that
1: makes sense yeah. and you've got something to push on so you've got something to purchase against um, but mm. yeah the, the strips position is is bizarre but a lot of the, it is that idea of if you can listen to your body, that's great. If you can labor with the assistance of gravity, but not gravity without control. So laying on your sides or being on that in that four-point kneeling position or that kind of that lunge position, you have an a more ability to control how much gravity is having an impact. If you're in a squat position or if you're standing position, you've got a lot of the benefit of gravity, but not as much of that control. So finding that middle ground using that water and if you are having an induction or you're having an epidural where intuition isn't as not permitted but supported because you've got those other elements in there Mm. the idea that when you get to crowning think about bringing your knees closer together or think about um, if you're in that sideline position with your leg up drop your leg down think about taking the tension off your perineum so that as your baby is crowning the perineum can stretch And you're just taking some of the extra tension off those tissues. Yeah, I love that. Hello, mummers! I hope you love that episode.
0: I would love to hear from you. As soon as you're listening to this right now, jump on over to my socials at Physiolaura. I want to hear the exact details of how you gave birth. Like I said in the introduction, I froth on birth. I love everything about it. I love all the quirks, all the weird things. All the things that people find gross. I'm into it. I'm so into it. So I want to hear how you gave birth. And I also love hearing all the different ways in which women move, all the different ways in which that dance between mother and baby happens. I find it so fascinating. So, like I shared in the podcast, I was on my knees, but you know, I just had the the biggest strongest most in tune I didn't have to think about it I was just so in tune with my body and my body just did it my mind wasn't doing it it was my body doing it and I just find it so cool so please come and jump over let me know especially if you've had multiple births I'd love to know all the different positions you've given birth in um, and what felt good to you so jump on over at Physio Laura and let me know I hope you love this episode if you love Eleanor and you want to learn more about her she talks about birth she talks about physio stuff all the time jump on over to her socials at Doula. She is a wealth of knowledge. And if you want to watch this entire Own Your Birth series all at once, there is four episodes in this series. We're talking about... The last episode, which hopefully you've gone and watched, if not go and watch it, all about transferring to hospital well. This episode, obviously, birthing positions. Episode three is all about making inductions and C-sections epic. So all the factors you can control and all the things to consider to own that birth experience. And episode four is all about processing birth trauma. So if you want to watch all of those episodes at once, jump on over into the Pregnancy Posse membership. You can find out more at thepregnancyposse.com. And don't forget, Eleanor's epic bonus content is in there. With a video demonstrating all of these birthing positions that were spoken about today and the detailed descriptions of why they work, the benefits of each one, and why you might need them in different scenarios. So definitely go check that out. Otherwise, mummers, I will catch you soon for episode three, where we're going to be talking all about inductions and cesarean sections and how you can really own your birth so it's not about throwing the baby out with the bath water just because there's interventions or things that you deem outside of your control there is so much that you can still control to make that a really beautiful positive empowering experience so stay tuned for that subscribe to the pregnancy with physio laura podcast so you don't miss that coming up it will just pop up in your news feed if you hit subscribe and always, I would love to hear from you. Please jump on over at Physio Laura. Tell me what you're loving about the podcast. I love hearing your feedback. Otherwise, mamas, I hope wherever you are right now that you are looking after yourself, looking after your baby, really tuning in, connecting with them, starting to you know learn that dance now while you're still pregnant, starting to understand each other so that come birth time, come labor time, you are super in tune, you know what each other needs and you're just going to have the most epic birth ever. (laughs) I'm so excited for you. So I'll catch you soon for episode three.